people spend a lot of time and effort planning their wedding, but they don't spend that amount of time planning their marriages. So they need to do that. Uh, they really need to align their thoughts around budgeting and spending, which is what I sort of alluded to before, and really talk about strategies with regards to debt management. How are they going to be looking at things? You know, uh, uh, is their approach to to debt? And for many people today, young couples in particular, having debt, they're buying their first home, etc., is a huge component of their overall financial picture. Welcome to Strictly Money, where finance and your prosperity meet. I'm Sajal Patel. So today, as I record this, it is Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. And for some of you, maybe you recently got engaged or married, or you may have spent Valentine's Day talking to your partner about life goals. If you did not have or are not having money conversations. I hate to break it to you, but you may be in for some stress down the road. That's because money is the top reason why relationships break down. And that is what we are going to discuss on today's show. How do you have that dreaded conversation around money? How do you protect your hard-earned assets? I don't have just one guest. I have two guests today. Eva Sachs is a divorce consultant and Anna Marie Messon is a family lawyer and they are going to give you tons of insights. Enjoy. Hello, Eva. Hello, Anna Marie. Um, You know, I was looking back at previous notes and Eva, you've been on Strictly Money a few times, but the last time the three of us were on together was actually just over two years. And in fact, you were my first guests Uh, on Strictly Money. This is when I was at the news forum, but obviously since then I've moved it to a podcast. So welcome to you both. It's nice to see you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us again. Uh, And happy Valentine's Day. You know, we got the memo. We're wearing, we're wearing the outfit. (laughs) We thought it'd be appropriate to add a little color to the conversation. Absolutely. So we are recording this on Valentine's Day. Of course, it's going to drop in a few days, but this was going to be an, uh, an appropriate conversation because because today's the day where a lot of couples get engaged. Um, also, a lot of people get married because romance is, you know, in the air. But let's face it, talking about money is not romantic, at least not for a lot of people. Anna Marie, why is it so tough to talk about money? And is it a mistake not to? Well, it's interesting because we're really trying to shift the mindset when it comes to talking about money for couples and really trying to make it into a conversation you can have with your partner, which is going to encourage things like open communication, transparency, trust, honesty, all of those types of factors. And so what we have um, typically found is that couples who are able to at least open the door to those conversations and to start laying that foundation, they really tend to have a more successful relationship. At least that's what we're seeing with a number of our couples, because they're building this foundation at the beginning and having these shall I say, more difficult conversations early on. So from our perspective, really having a conversation about your future goals, and and that definitely needs to include conversations about money with the person you want to share your life with. I mean, that sounds pretty romantic to us. Yeah, it's still a taboo though, isn't it? 
It absolutely is. And, and it's a stressor. And what we've learned on the other side of our practice on the divorce and separation side is a lot of that couple's financial um, issues, financial money problems um, actually lead to divorce. And, and there was a, a study done in the U.S. by uh, SunTrust Bank just last year. And 35% of couples actually cited financial stressors as the reason or one of the major reasons for the breakup in their relationship. So it's a conversation that people really want to have, especially those getting engaged, because what we want to do is preventative care is what we call it. We want to attack these issues early on, come up with solutions, compromise, stay goal focused so that you really can succeed in your relationship. Eva, what do you think is the biggest misconceptions that couples make that prevent them from talking about money? Because I have to think that, you know, they think, well, I'm sure we have similar values or they assume that they do, or they think that, oh, you know, when something comes up, we'll, we'll deal with it later. I think one of the big things, in fact, they've had some kind of conversation around this and they think they have shared values today. The challenge ends up being, those values can change because their life changes. You know, they start off as a young couple, maybe with very little. Somebody gets a large inheritance. Somebody's self-employed and has a wonderful tech startup company and is suddenly bought out and is now worth millions. That can change values and approaches uh, to money. So although they think they've had that conversation at the beginning, life changes. And with that, those values end up changing uh, as well. The other thing, of course, that we know is, uh, as Anne-Marie suggested, that issues around money are a leading cause of a separation divorce. You know, 50% of people have issues and concerns when it comes to spending. One spouse spends more than the other or less than the other. Um, they disagree certainly over budgeting and monthly expenses. So initially when they're, you know, if they haven't that, had that conversation, there's differences around that. You know, somebody shops too much or looking at certainly debt and approaches to debt uh, and what are values there or, or is paying off debt a priority versus having the kind of lifestyle that they want today. So how does a couple get aligned then? What are the things that they need to think about or talk about? Well, they need to establish and have a, a good conversation about their financial goals so it's life goals, financial goals, which one would think uh, that they would have as they get engaged and as they start planning their wedding. People spend a lot of time and effort planning their wedding, but they don't spend that amount of time planning their marriages. So they need to do that. Uh, they really need to align their thoughts around budgeting and spending, which is what I sort of alluded to before, and really talk about strategies with regards to debt management. How are they going to be looking at things? You know, are, are, is their approach to to debt? And for many people today, young couples in particular, having debt, they're buying their first home, et cetera, is a huge component of their overall financial picture. And something you hit on, Eva, is also the what if, right? Um, like you said, you can plan for your goals and, and talk about that, but then scenarios can change. And I have to assume that you have to have those conversations of what if uh, we get married and, and what if I decide or one of us decides to stay home or what if we get an inheritance, then what? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the conversations that we have with the couples that we work with talking about a marriage contract or a prenup agreement uh, forces that conversation, not in a bad way, but it and forces is the wrong word, encourages that conversation. And I think the couples uh, that we work with, when we start having those conversations and talking to them about some future what ifs, they're very surprised that we're even talking about that. 
what does that have to do with we've come in just to talk to you about we're protecting today's assets and we're protecting what we're bringing into the marriage. So they're very surprised that we want to engage in that kind of conversation. So speaking of uh, prenups, and, and some people are actually getting postnups, I, I find it really fascinating because it wasn't that long ago that it was a taboo. Like you could not bring it up. And at least I've seen this, and I know you have, it's grown in popularity. A lot of people are getting these prenups to, to protect their assets. Why is it happening? Why now? There's a number of reasons that make a lot of sense. Number one, couples in general seem to be getting married a little bit later in life. So they've already established, they've started They've already have some uh, assets, some some debts connected to them. Many of people today and young couples are not, I think, have the issues of they're self-employed. And so their incomes and so on aren't as simple and straightforward as they would have been years ago. So they're looking at uh, having a small business or having a large business, um, looking at the possibilities of what's going to happen to those businesses, how much they sweat and toil they've put into those businesses, and, and, and what's that going to look like going forward in, in the future. They may be coming from families of that have gone through divorce and have seen messy divorces and want to avoid that. Uh, and in some instances as well, we're seeing that the input of trying to get to a separation agreement based on the fact that parents are giving them money for down payments. And we know today that those numbers are big, right? It's not mom and dad are giving us five or $10,000. They're contributing in, in some cases a couple hundred thousand dollars and they want to protect that money that's coming into the relationship in case something happens. Yeah, the bank of mom and dad, you and I have talked about this and and when you have such a big asset that's worth so much, obviously um, it makes sense that someone would want to protect it. Now, both of you have a solution to these prenups and it's called the modern marriage contract. Uh, we are going to dive into it because I'm curious to know how it works and, and you know what it entails. Uh, but first, we have to hear from our sponsors. This is BMO ETFs, whom without I could not be doing the show. So we'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Are you looking to enhance the level of cash flow from your investments? BMO ETFs has you covered with their Covered Call ETFs. These ETFs generate cash flow from two sources, the dividend yield from the underlying securities and the premium generated from selling the call options. BMO Covered Call ETFs strike a balance between generating cash flow and participating in the growth of rising markets with your experienced portfolio management team and effective strategy with over 10 years of history. BMO ETFs is the largest covered call ETF provider in Canada, covering 13 covered call ETFs across a range of strategies across regions, countries, and sectors. Visit BMOETFs.com to learn more. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus of the BMO ETFs before investing. Welcome back. I'm here with Eva Sachs and Anna Marie Musson. And we were just talking about a solution that the both have two prenups. It's called the modern marriage contract. So Anna Marie, explain what this is. What, what does it entail? Okay, so the modern marriage contract is really it's a process where we work with the couple to put together a prenup agreement or a postnup agreement or even a cohabitation agreement. Sometimes we forget about the couples who are just moving in together. They also need to protect their assets. And so what we do is we work with the couple in a collaborative way. So we actually work as a team, professional team, and with the couple 
and we talk about their financial goals. We walk through in, in quite a bit of detail in their financial situation. And we talk about exactly what um, you and Eva had talked about, the what ifs of life. How are we going to address these what ifs that happen? And we have these open and honest conversations. And as Eva indicated, one of the um, biggest outcomes of these meetings that we're seeing is couples are really learning to communicate with each other in a respectful way about money, about finances, and about their future life plans. And so doing the modern marriage contract in a collaborative way, instead of that traditional way where one lawyer would draft this extensive legal document and drop it on the other lawyer's lap and the two lawyers battle out getting the best deal for their client. Well, those are the days gone by. Now we really want to work with couples to put together agreements that are fair but more importantly, reflective of their specific goals. So it's a much more customized agreement. I like the fact that you're bringing them together because I always felt that, you know, typically when you do these prenups, you know, one party gets their own lawyer, the other one gets their own lawyer, and it already feels like, um, and it's not intentional, but it almost feels like they're against each other, right? <laughs> they're looking out for their own interests rather than this collaborative approach. Well, it's scary too. So the couples don't know what to expect. And in a lot of instances with our younger millennial couples, they've probably never dealt with lawyers before and, and um, uh, certainly not to this extent. And so the idea of taking away some of that fear and making sure everybody has a voice in the process is so critical for us. We continue to do this process with two completely separate independent lawyers. So both sides are fully protected. It's just the lawyers work together with the couple and really problem solve some of the challenges they might have instead of having the two lawyers duke it out behind the scenes. And you had mentioned that it by going through this process, it, it improves the relationship. Eva, can you dive a little bit more into that? Like, I assume that it does force couples to, to get on the same page, or is there more to it? I think the fact that, I mean, part of our process is um, gathering financial information for both of them, and we share that with both of them. And so there sometimes can be aha moments when they look at that and say, oh, I didn't know you had that bank account, or I didn't know you still had that student debt. So just uncovering and sharing financial information is a huge starting point and a comfort level, I think, for both of them as they enter into their relationship. I think that's uh, probably the biggest uh, value added that we uh, that we bring to this. What do you think, um, Anna-Marie, I'll ask you this one. What, what do you think is the biggest misconception when they get these modern marriage contracts or, or prenups done? Because what, the one thing that I have often come across is, you know, is people think, well, I, I have a prenup. So, you know, it's one and done and every, everything's fine and, and I'm fully protected. Is that really the case? Or are there things that couples, even if they get it done, they need to be aware of? Well, we often talk about this agreement being a bit of a living document. And so much like your financial plan and you meet with your financial planner on an annual basis, we actually encourage our couples to keep us on call. So as their life evolves, we can come back and revisit at the agreement. And it doesn't mean we have to redo everything in the agreement, but we can have some conversations about, does this need to be shifted or does this need to be adjusted? And so we strongly, strongly encourage our clients not to just do the one and done, but instead to incorporate us as part of their overall financial planning. 
because the reality of the situation is couples who don't have prenups or who haven't really dealt with or, or sorted out some of the financial issues that they're dealing with, in the event of divorce and separation, it's probably the biggest financial catastrophic event in your life is getting divorced and separated because half of your net worth and business owners especially are at risk. Half of the business automatically needs to somehow be funded and somehow be paid to your former partner. And so that's why we are really on our mission um, to educate people on the necessity of really sitting down and, and doing this process because there is so much at risk when it comes to the money. I think it is so important. You know, I, I tend to stress that people get wills and, and, you know, and wills are a living document. Your estate plan is really, you know, this ongoing process. And, and this, like you said, has to really be incorporated. Ava, are women, are more and more women demanding prenups or is it still traditionally the men? I think we could say traditionally still men, but I was looking through our client base in preparation for our, our conversation this morning. And I think, and Anna-Marie, you can double check me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking it's a 60-40, 70-30 split between uh, men uh, certainly approaching us in terms of uh, wanting a separation agreement. Having said that, however, so we, now we don't know it may be that they're just doing the research and they're the ones that are being tasked with the job of looking for us. Having said that, I think we're surprised to see how many women have more assets, right? They have a condo deal that they've had on their own for a while, and they're bringing that into the relationship. Uh, they have a small side business, that they have going on besides their work. Uh, so I think that's been surprising and a growing uh, piece of, certainly from a female perspective, of what they're bringing into uh, the marriage and the relationship. I think it's going to be very interesting. And I'm glad you made this point because I'm having conversations right now with a lot of advisors and a lot of executives at financial services companies. We know that the greatest wealth transfer is happening, you know, right now, and it's going to happen over the next five years. And women are going to inherit a ton of money, either from their spouse, but uh, most likely from their parents. So um, this is very topical and uh, certainly in, in another important piece of, of the financial planning picture. Um, I really appreciate both of your time today and your insights. Now, before I let you go, I, I like to end the show by asking my guests three rapid fire questions. It's just a way to sort of make finance a little bit more personal. So are you ready to play? Sure. I'm ready. Okay. Um, Eva, I'll throw this one to you. What is the best financial advice you've ever received? Continue the conversation. Money conversations. Money conversation. And it's a taboo, isn't it? You know, when you look at stats and reports, you hear that, you know, couples would rather talk about sex or death than talk about money. But we know that this is really important. Especially when we see that way, we're still seeing the tradition of, you know, the stay at home mom and so on. And I always say to clients, Friday night, you know, have dinner have a glass of wine and certainly have a conversation or walk through your, you know, your company pension plan. Well, there's nothing romantic about that. And and most people will say, well, no, no, it's okay. We won't bother doing that because uh, somehow it'll be taken care of. Uh, and it's not. And I say that in a joking way, but I think it's really important to look at those things and say, yes, we need to, you know, put it in a situation situation where it's it's not threatening uh, and romantic in some cases uh, and as part of a conversation. Yeah, certainly not romantic on a Valentine's Day. I can't imagine. Oh, come on, a, a pension plan detail? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm thinking more people are going to be having going out for dinner. Than okay, so, so maybe an insurance policy is much more romantic than pension. <laughs> yeah, no, to your point, though, it, it is very important. Uh, Anna Marie, what is the worst financial advice you've received? Um, I think it's not to pay myself first. So I'm a, a business owner, and one of the first things we do is make sure everybody else is, is taken care of before we take care of ourselves. And so that was a big mindset shift for me this year. It's a 2024 goal. But to prioritize myself just as long, along with all of my other uh, team members and, and to make sure I'm paying myself first along with them. Well, you know, you'd be happy to know because I asked this question, these questions to all my guests. This is the number one advice that comes up. Pay yourself first. Yeah, it's the most popular one. Okay, so I'm going to ask both of you this. Um, Eva, I'll start with you. If there's one message that you could impart to anyone listening or watching that wants to improve their financial health, what would it be? Uh, not to be afraid. I mean, financial information, is it's not rocket science. A little bit of information is powerful and can go a long way. Yeah. So not to be afraid. Um, and you don't need to know the nitty gritty of things, but having a general sense, big picture items, yeah, looking at that from their own perspective. And I'm going to say from a female perspective, we don't have the excuse anymore to say, well, that's not something that we're interested in. I mean, I'm constantly surprised of how many uh, women that I speak to uh, aren't aware and trying to figure out why they're not aware of things. And uh, it's it, in today's world, I think there's no excuse for that anymore. So it's, and it's easy to get information. Uh, there's so much, so many good experts out there. We've got things online. So there's no excuse for that anymore. You are speaking my language. <laughs> it's exactly why I started, you know, Sage L, which is uh, focused primarily on women and, and to financially educate them. And you're right, there's no excuse. And it, it really is not difficult. You know, I teach this all the time. It's not rocket science. You don't need a PhD. Anna Marie? Well, the other thing I just wanted to add was if you take your power back, when you have the information and you see where the money is going, it, it actually has a great impact on you from a mindset wellness perspective as well. And from my perspective, the, the big thing is to do something. We have so many people we come across, and women especially, who do nothing. They get the information, they know the risks, and they do nothing. As Eva said, there's so many amazing professionals that you can work with, that you can access information. To just make a decision and, and do something is better than what we kind of called burying your head and doing nothing. It actually leads me to ask you something. Can you can you give us a, a feel-good story of where having a modern marriage contract worked? Sure. And so we've had, um, I have a client actually right now where we did do the marriage contract and unfortunately the relationship didn't work out. And the client had called me to just say how grateful they were, not only for the fact that they have clarity, so they didn't have to run off to two lawyers and start figuring, fighting over who's going to get what, because they had already made those decisions ahead of time. They now had a child. So from the time we first met them to the time of separation, uh, they have a child. So because they weren't fighting about the money, they were able to focus their energy and efforts on the child. They were able to pivot into co-parenting the child, which is really where you want to put all of your energy and effort. Um, and because the agreement they had negotiated was 
affair and both people were going to be leaving the relationship in a secure financial position, they weren't panicked and worried. So that stress of how am I going to pay the bills uh, was alleviated. So because they had had these conversations early on, they had made these decisions when they were in a positive mindset. They were then on separation. It made it uh, so much easier from them from a stress, emotional perspective. And they really got to focus on what they needed to, which was their son. So it was such a, another reason, right, to, to get this done because you save on stress. You save money, frankly, to go through a, an expensive divorce proceeding that, you know, really no one wants to have to go through. Thank you again so much for your time today. Thank you. Eva Sachs and Anna Marie Musson. Don't forget to subscribe to Strictly Money on YouTube or wherever you find your podcasts. And please share or leave a review. It would mean the world to me. Stay well, stay wise, and stay wealthy. I'll see you back here next week. Mm-hmm.